0: Welcome into the Redbird Report. My name is Tom Prizman, coming to you from the Vedette offices. Happy to be joined by Vedette Sports Editors Mike Mara and Nate Head. Guys, great to be with you as always. Great to be back. Coming on this show, we'll talk about the Illinois State football team. They have a big matchup coming up against Eastern Illinois. We talked about that a little bit last time on the show, but now we've had the press conference for this week, and we're moving closer to that Saturday kickoff at 2 p.m. in Charleston. We'll also talk about, and we'll start with, the Illinois State women's volleyball team. It was a long Saturday for them at the Redbird Classic. They went 2-1 overall, but that Saturday, Mike, five setters each time out against two very good opponents in Cincinnati and Seton Hall. They split them. They dropped the early one in five sets, 17-15 the fifth set to Seton Hall, and they respond with a five-set victory over Cincinnati in the nightcap. Ten sets in one day. That's a lot of action for the Illinois State women's team. Yeah, that's exactly what I
1: asked Leah Johnson about yesterday during the press conferences that were held at the Goffman Football Building. Uh, you know, she was right after Brock's back, and the first question I asked her, I said, "How does a ten-set day help your team?" You know, come conference time and stuff like that when you're only playing one game how does 10 sets in one day kind of help you and she said realistically the only thing it really helps you is you get it gets your legs built under you obviously that's what you train for all summer long but she said a lot of it is just film she said you don't read they may not be reading into it as much as we are which maybe maybe that's true I don't know but that's, that 10 sets is a long day uh, I know they went out and lost last night to to NIU so there's a lot more film that they can look at and dissect for this upcoming
0: weekend when they travel to Arizona yeah, the Wildcat Classic is their next stop. Tucson, Arizona, University of Arizona is the host. Good opportunity for the Redbird. There's a couple of mid-majors mixed in with the University of Arizona, and I think that looks like it could be another 2-1 weekend for Illinois State. But at the Redbird Classic, it looked like they were going to be the tournament champions. It's a complex process to explain how they were going to be the tournament champions. Basically, if they had swept Cincinnati, they would have been the tournament champions. Any other result, and they would have not been, based on the tiebreakers, three teams are going to finish a 2-1 and Illinois State would have won on set differential. Instead, they were up two sets to none, went into the intermission looking very good, Mike, and that third set Cincinnati battled back and won 26-24 it was an incredible effort by the Bearcats in that Saturday night cap.
1: And you also got to realize that Cincinnati had not played well at the Redbird Classic all weekend long. I mean, really, they just looked outmatched every time they stepped on the floor. And for two sets against Illinois State, they looked like they were out- outmatched again. ISU goes up 7-2 to two in that third set, and it looks like, okay, you know what, they're going to go on their way. Three-set sweep. You know, they go three 2-1 and, uh, two and one on the weekend, excuse me, and they that's their second three-set sweep of the weekend. And it just kind of crumbled away from them. They just... For whatever reason, it didn't look like their offense... Was setting up the right ways, and that's the one thing that Leah Johnson did mention was like all of a sudden once you get into the once they get into the 20 to 25 point range when the match is on the line for whatever reason there's some sort of breakdown that they don't understand quite yet what it happens. She thinks that it's a lot of just you know what it, this is what the offensive set play is we're gonna go right side left side. But she said the one thing that they needed to do was keep going to Jalen Keen in that at that on, on Saturday night go to Jalen Keen but ride that hot hand those final five points because it's no longer about the system. It's about the person who's hot, and that's the one thing they didn't do until the very end when you've seen Jalen King get hot
0: again. I think what we learned about the Illinois State team, though, was we saw the writing on the wall in that third set. If they didn't win the third set, I think there was concerns about the Redbirds and the fact that they had played five sets earlier in the day. They played The other match finished up about 2.30, and then you have to turn around and play again later that night. That's not easy to do. That's a short turnaround period, and we saw it, and I think – Everyone was collectively concerned if that set went, if that match went to a fourth set that the Redbird legs would show signs of weariness, and they did. Cincinnati takes the fourth set again. Illinois State went up early 7-1 in the fourth set, and then the Bearcats battle back. They take the fourth set rather handily as well, Cincinnati. And then we go to a fifth set. I think what we learned about this Illinois State team is that a lot of teams in that situation might have just rolled over. They might have just said, we have nothing left in the tank. It did look like Illinois State was running on fumes. We've lost two sets in a row. This just is not our mash. And somehow they found whatever reserves they could. I was really impressed by Juma Armando, the transfer from C- Chicago State. The senior comes in, only has one year of eligibility left. This was her final season, and she was really impressive in the Redbird Classic, especially on Saturday. She came out and really showed she can be a, a focal point of the offense to help out Jalen Keene, especially when Allie Line did not have her best tournament. They were looking for somebody else, really a second weapon, and Armando stepped up big. She played huge, like you said, all Saturday, and that was the
1: one girl that Leah Johnson mentioned yesterday as, you know what, everybody knows that when you're watching film on ISU, you know, there's one girl that you have to stop, and that's Jalen Keene, and that's what a lot of, she said a lot of people think right now is if you stop Jalen Keene, you could beat the Redbirds, but, I mean... Gene really came out and just played her, played lights out. But just going back to what you had mentioned about going into that fifth set, it was a it was a back and forth fifth set. And I personally thought that they were gonna roll over and die. I thought that they were done. And
0: especially because well, momentum was on the side of the Bearcats. You, I mean, you come down from two zero. I mean, the moment I, that, that's it. And that was the one advantage of probably playing at home, though. If that's the Cincinnati Classic, we might be talking about a different result. The home fans, I do have to say, being in that. Redbird Arena. Well, there wasn't, you know, a huge crowd. Obviously, Saturday night, a lot of things going on. volleyball's not the number one priority on campus, but there was a good crowd there. And I think the one thing you always hear talking to other coaches and just talking even to Leah Johnson, who obviously used to be an opposing coach in Redbird Arena, is that place can get loud even when there's not, you know, only maybe five hundred to a thousand people. That place can still get loud, and it felt like the Bearcats maybe were a little bit affected by the home crowd in the fifth set, and that might have helped the Redbirds. Especially because there were a lot of timeouts called. Obviously, you go to that fifth set. Yeah, two timeouts a set, and uh, in a set to 15, both teams were calling all their timeouts. Right,
1: and in between those timeouts, whether the Redbirds were coming off the court or going back on the court, you heard the Redbird faithful. So, yeah, I mean, if you, you want to talk about home court advantage,
0: the Redbirds had it at the Redbird Classic. I think the Redbirds go 2-1 this upcoming weekend. Now we'll bring in Vedette Sports Editor Nate Head. Nate, Wildcat Classic coming up. What do you expect from this Redbird team as they go down to Tucson?
2: Uh, well, I'm expecting big things out of the Redbirds. Uh, I think it was a pretty encouraging last weekend for them, um, although they dropped... Uh, last night's game in DeKalb, uh I still think they're trending in the you know positive direction. So I'll predict a um, you know we always go two and one here. So
0: don't break the trend. Just go two and one. I'll <laughs> go two and
2: one. Two and one. You heard it here.
0: And then we'll turn it over to Vedette Sports Editor Mike
2: Morrow.
1: Uh, I'm going to break the trend. I, I'm, don't break the trend. I'm breaking the trend. I think they go one and two. Um, for whatever reason, I just think a lot of the travel going out, going out to Arizona. Uh, you're a long way from home. Again, you've played a lot of volleyball. You had this midweek game against NIU. Your first midweek matchup. Uh, you know, I just for
0: I, I got I just got a hunch one and two. We will have to see what happens down in Tucson. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about. The Redbird women's volleyball team coming up next week on the Redbird Report. Now we turn our attention to the entree, to the main focus here on campus. The 104th running of the Mid-American Classic between Illinois State and the Eastern Illinois should be a fantastic game. Last year was a really good one. Eastern was up 24-7 last year. Jake Colby and the Redbirds marched back late. It was a Spencer Schnell touchdown with 36 seconds left to get the Redbirds within a, a score Obviously, then you turn the onside kick, Redbirds if I remember right, initially recovered it and then there was a flag that negated what would have been the recovery and then eventually on a, on a re-kick, Eastern Illinois picked up the recovery. But that was a great game, obviously not one that the Redbirds remember fondly, but now they have an opportunity to return the favor down in Charleston coming up on Saturday. And Can we talk about the year before that? at
1: In Charleston, 24-21, the Redbirds won on a overtime field goal. I mean, we're going to expect a good game, but when we look at this Saturday, obviously you always, you know, you want to talk about how the team's going to go out and avenge the loss from the year before. Obviously, Eastern was able to do that last year. I, I think that this is going to be another good game. Eastern's coming off a loss. To, uh, I, I don't know what NIU is. And every year, every year. One thing
0: we can say though, they are they are an FBS opponent. Right. So anytime you lose to an FBS opponent, I think you put a little asterisk next to that record. They're one and one, but one and zero oh against FCS opponents, including a win over while. Well, Not picked very highly in the Missouri Valley Conference. Indiana State is in the Missouri Valley Conference. And they did beat the Redbirds last year, the Sycamores.
1: And Indiana State, they had a lead. Eastern Illinois came storming back to win that game. So obviously you know that there's some sort of talent that Eastern does have. They're very transfer-heavy, starting with their quarterback. But their wide receivers are very, very quick. Their running backs are going to run downhill. Their linebackers are probably the head of that defense. When you look at that defense, the linebackers are probably going to be the ones that lead that defense in any side any type of way and you know when you look at this matchup I think the teams match up fairly even I think we're going to see another one of those games that goes down to the wire maybe a one possession game two possession game I don't expect to see the same defensive effort as far as holding a team you know to zero rushing yards and under 50 yards of total offense for the game Uh, you know I think that this is a rivalry game, and one thing that Coach Back said yesterday in his press conference is for a game like this, you throw the records out the window, you throw everything out the window because you're going to get each team's best. Eastern's going to give ISU their best, and ISU's giving Eastern their best, and that's just what I think. I think we're going to see a, a tight contest coming down to a possession.
0: Nate, we obviously I just saw you guys putting together today's paper. There's a lot of predictions coming up. If you t- take a look at tomorrow's Vedette, you'll see predictions from really the entire sports staff before we get into the prediction game, what are you just expecting overall, just your feeling about this upcoming matchup between Illinois State and Eastern Illinois spending some time in the press conferences and around the
2: team the past few weeks? Uh, I'm sensing you know, kind of what you guys are sensing. I, I'm feeling a close game, but um, you know, one thing I'm especially looking for out of this game is the Redbird uh, pass defense. I think that um, Eastern is going to come out and throw the ball a lot. Uh, the quarterback, Mitch Kimball is known to throw the ball and you you mentioned the win over Indiana State where he you know from what I understand he led like a two minute drive I believe he completed five or six consecutive passes including a touchdown with three seconds left Um, so obviously he's very capable they like to come out and throw the ball so it'll be interesting to see how you know The Redbird front can get pressure on him and as well as, you know, the secondary, which is a strength of the defense with, you know, Harris and and Coker. So it'll be, you know, I'm intrigued to see this matchup. I think it's going to be close Um, as far as the prediction goes. I think I'm going to take the Redbirds. Uh, I, I just don't see them loosen to you know this team two years in a row uh, especially after you know last year's was a tough one on family weekend at home so i see the redbirds you know kind of coming in there a bit of a chip on their shoulder and uh, and taking this game yeah i would be i am calling the game
0: for w z and d so i have to be a little bit more reserved in what i can say about my predictions part of the reason you don't see my prediction tomorrow on the Vedette, i didn't feel comfortable calling the game and giving a prediction as well but i would say this my vibe around this team right now and what I'm sensing from this team and hearing from the press conferences, I think they're going to roll over this Eastern Illinois team. I think this is a matchup that they feel very good about. I feel like last year they felt they were the better team and they did not show it at all. I called that game as well for wz last year, and that was a game that the Redbirds really never looked comfortable in. Jake Colby did not have a great performance up until that fourth quarter where he had a huge 58-yard touchdown run. He got things going. It seemed like once they kind of threw out the playbook and just went to, we need to score, Colby and the offense got in gear. The defense was pretty good in that game, but I think they have a lot to prove from last year's game. And I think they also want to show after a bye week, they're ranked highly in the polls, but right now they have a win over a non-scholarship team. That's it, 45 nothing. They want to prove that they're for legit. And while Eastern maybe is a little bit down, I think, maybe compared to years past, it's still Eastern Illinois. We're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. We're talking about Tony Romo. We're talking about a great, successful football program. And anytime you're able to go out there and beat them, I think it means something. I think the Redbirds know that. And I would say I I feel like the Redbirds are heading or trending at least towards a big victory on the road in Charleston, that would be a big confidence booster as well for this team, Mike. And we also have to look back at last year because I know you, you like you said, you called last year. They
1: never felt in it. Even when it was 24 21, I never. Well, when they
0: recovered the onside kick, it felt like
1: they, they were in it. I, no. It just, what do you mean, no? From, I mean... The, from the outside perspective, I never felt like they had a shot. They, they there was a game that they were never in. Twenty four. Tw- if you ask me, if I if I had to listen to the game, you don't tell me any score. I'd think I, I think Eastern. I would have predicted Eastern would be up by like ten.
0: There's I. That there was a game that they never felt like they were in. Like it you felt said, like they were sleepwalking through it for sure. That was a, a an afternoon kickoff. It was family weekend. It was an early kickoff earlier in the year. Usually that's not. How it works? The, look at the ICU schedule this year. The earliest kickoff in September at home is 6:30. So they're not really they were not used to that, and it seemed like they came out a little lethargic, a little tired, and they did not look good in that first half at all last year. No, and that's just it is they never they and that's the one thing that Spack talked about again
1: on uh, uh, yesterday, I should say yesterday Tuesday. You know the weekly press conference. He said that this is a game that left a terrible taste. In anybody, anybody who's on the team this year that played in last year's game and left a bad taste in everybody's mouth, because I mean, at the end, the score did show that they were in it. The score showed they were in it, and you recover that onside kick. All you have to do is kick a field goal. You force overtime, or you find yours. You squeeze yourself
0: into the end zone, and you win a game that you shouldn't have won. And so, I, and this was, and this is the other thing I think we should talk about. I think it's last year's game. It's hard not to talk about it without mentioning Northwestern and a Northwestern letdown as well this this was the, this was the week after the Northwestern win which you know I've been on campus now for almost a full year I would still say the Northwestern win in my year on campus is by far the biggest sports win we've had you know I think the Redbird men's basketball team came close a couple times maybe you talk about the Wichita State win in January but that Northwestern win is one of the biggest probably in this Redbird football team's last 15 to 20 years we're even talking about more valuable in terms of branding, in terms of, I think, alumni support as well than even maybe runs in the by tournament because the, we talk about how much Illinois State is a Chicago school, how many... I think it's 85 percent of the students here have are from the Chicago land area and to beat what is branded as big tens chicago school that meant a lot so i felt like maybe there was a little bit of a hangover especially for a football team that has a lot of players from the chicago area as well on the illinois state side led by quarterback jay colby from naperville right when you look
1: at half the i mean look at look at his number one receiver this year Christian Gibbs, Aurora kid. Uh, I mean, it's that's a big win, like you said. I don't know if it's going to be. I wouldn't say it's the. I think Wichita State last year was the biggest win. But that's neither here nor there.
0: Well, I I want to. We can hash w- this one out. I, I want to ask you why, because I would say, surely a 14-point win. I, the, there's a couple reasons I would say it's not the biggest win. One, students were not on campus. They came back that Monday. I know I watched it at home in New York. I was not here on campus, and I would say, while well, some people definitely did come back, a lot of people probably you know, did not come back just for the basketball game on that Saturday. The other reason I would say that win was certainly the highlight of last year's Redbird men's basketball team, which was one of the high points in program history if you look at just the record, 27-5. and five. But ultimately what followed next, 40-point embarrassing defeat. That's the only word you can use on national television on that Saturday night on, on February 4th in Wichita. And then we were all the Arch Madness game, and that obviously, that was a game you want to talk about a team that was never in it. The Redbirds never felt like they were in that game. So to me, while that, the, the Wichita State win was certainly a high, it was followed by some really, really low lows that t- I feel like, at least for me, take away a little bit from that Wichita win. And you couple it with Wichita leaving as well, I feel like the whole memory of that, I just, I just it's somewhat tainted by everything that followed it, where... The north, while well, the Northwestern win was certainly the highlight of last year's football team, and maybe you can make the case that the Redbird football season went
1: the same way. Funny,
0: I think it's hilarious that we're arguing
1: the same thing for the for the other I, side. Yeah. I, that's 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 my argument right there. Is you win Northwestern, and then you go on that losing streak. You finished the last, I forgot what they ended the last four games of the season, but they squeak into the playoffs, six and five, and you go to Central Arkansas, a game that they felt in. They were in. I, they, I mean, they were leading. I mean, they just had a, you want to talk about, I mean, just that second half, kerplunk. I mean, I don't know how to, there's no, other, there's no great word to describe that second half other than they stayed in the locker room, and Central Arkansas said, you know what, let's wake up. This team squeaked in. We're at home. Let's just,
0: take it too. i mean i would say the difference was the expectations for last year's redbird football team while they were high were not as high as after that wichita win were for the men's basketball team the men's bass and there's a different pressure as well well let's be honest illinois state is a men's basketball school first as much as we all talk about football and you go out and look at the tailgates there's tremendous support for illinois state football but it's not Illinois State men's bad. It's just not. And I think part of that is they don't play the top level of the NCAA Division I. They play in the, the, the second tier. And it's not the same level. And so I think the other thing we have to talk about as well, if if we're talking about maybe a loss in the semifinals for Illinois State last year, or even a loss in the finals, you go back to North Dakota State. That's a little different. National championship is different. But this was a team last year that was maybe expected to make the tournament, make it, make it a couple rounds. But for the men's basketball team, just making the NCAA tournament would have been the highlight of the of the campus's year far and away. After the absence that they've had from the NCAA tournament, just to get in in any way, shape, or form, I don't even think the game would have mattered. Even if they lost by fifty points in the first round of the NCAA tournament, just you to have there. that Thursday, have that Thursday at two thirty when you are tipping off in Wichita or you are tipping off in Buffalo or wherever you are tipping off from would have meant a lot. So that's the reason I feel like you add everything together. Nate, I'm curious where do you come down in terms of last year biggest victory for the Illinois State program Northwestern versus Wichita State you could also I know, there's maybe other uh, games you could bring in as well uh,
1: you could talk about so- I mean you could even bring up soccer soccer made the NCAA tournament that first game when they played against Michigan not a lot of people counted them in so you could uh, we could argue that i'm not going the to- other
0: one i would say very quickly and I, I, this would be an honorable mention to me is the baseball team after the horrible year they had they somehow pulled through with a couple wins over missouri state first to end the regular season and then in the and then in the missouri valley tournament they took missouri state They beat them twice, in Mm -hmm. fact. And then they took Dallas Baptist to the brink, tied that game going into the ninth inning. So that baseball team as well, I think, deserves an honorable mention. But I'm just curious, where do you land in terms of biggest win in the 2016-2017 academic year for Illinois State?
2: Sure. You know, I'll break the tie between you guys, and I will go with the win over Wichita State at Red River Wrong! Come on, guys. (laughs) Here's here's why I think Uh. this. Wichita State is a— Obviously, they're out of the conference now, but heading up to that point, they're a long-standing rival. You know, we always – although Wichita State would always kind of beat up on us, this is a team we always wanted to beat. They come to the We had floor. beat
0: them, though. If we, if we all remember, wasn't that long ago that the Redbirds beat Wichita State at Redbird Arena. Tell me the last time – It was time. just the year before that. Yeah, just tell, just a tell a me the last prior. time we went to Northwestern and beat them on the football gridiron.
2: Yeah, but this is Wichita State is a team that we're always playing. We're always striving to beat Northwestern. We and we have beat many. them a lot. Uh, we haven't really beat them a lot. I would we, say compared to the rest of the Missouri Valley
1: Conference, especially well. when you look at wins over Wichita State. Look at the uh, Missouri Valley Conference tournament uh, the year prior, 2015, I believe, when they beat them in the semifinals, and then they go to the final game against Northern you, you, Iowa. You, you and I and yeah, yeah, we all remember the, the right. game on CBS. Right, but let's but that Wichita State. game,
0: Game, that I mean, that's big. That's a big win. That's that that would that would be my argument for why the Northwestern win was bigger. How often you know you talk about men's basketball? Northwestern had an option to come down and play us, and they they opted out. They did not want to play Illinois State in men's basketball. Northwestern doesn't want to play Illinois State. Let's just be honest. I mean, unless they have to, the by and large they're not trying to play us because there's not really any benefit. Same with U of I. There's not that much benefit for U of I coming and playing Illinois State. Um, but that's the reason the Northwestern win to me felt so monumental. At the time you you have a fair point, I think, about the rest of the season not going the way. But I would say expectations for the rest of the season. I never heard anyone say the Redbirds are going to win the national championship after that Northwestern game. You heard after that Wichita game, we're going to the tournament and we're going to win games in the tournament, and obviously that didn't happen. I I think I'm just going to you. I another th- another argument that I think I have is
1: where and you could argue from both sides again this is obviously that's why we're debating it but like if you look at it that Northwestern game was early in the season. You look at Wichita State, Illinois State's rolling. At this point, they've got off their December slump because December they they were not playing great basketball. The Hawaii tournament was a pretty was probably the low point. Right, and so they get over they go get over that little hump that they had, and they're just they're rolling. That's a big that to me that Wichita that Wichita State win set the tone for the second half. Obviously, then you can counter me with the whole uh, like the forty point loss, which is is bad. There's no
0: justifying that. But I think at where followed they, by another, what was that? Seventeen points in the in the in the tournament title game. I want to say it was. I want to say it was twenty. If I remember correctly, I think it was twenty. Mm-hmm. In which that you had the players thrown out of the game as they were exiting the floor.
1: Yeah, you know, we can look at it a ton of different ways. I just, I, I just think? look at, I, I, and I'll be. I'm one of them. When ISU beat Northwestern, I thought. This team is legit. This team is going to have. Did you say the words national championship? No. I here's 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 what here's what I here's what I thought when they beat Northwestern. I thought this team's legit.
0: This seems a lot better than anybody might have expected them to be. Also, let's be honest. That Northwestern game was not. A, it wasn't if the wasn't Redbirds well. played a fantastic game. The offense. Jay Colby had a lot of yards, but they they put up nine points. I mean, it wasn't as if. They were incredible in that game. I thought that's what even made it more spectacular was that that game was sort of an ugly classic football grind them out win. You you doink the field goal off the upright and you somehow come away winners. I didn't come away from the Redbirds honestly being overwhelmingly impressed by them. I came away probably a little underwhelmed by Northwestern, but you get a win, you get a win. Doesn't matter, and that to win it in that fashion as well. I think back to the Wichita game. There was certainly that dramatic. Um, exclamation point with the the final dunk that kind of sealed the victory. That was certainly a highlight. But I feel like the Sean Slattery field goal—you have a doink off the upright, and then everyone's just kind of running around the field celebrating. To me, that's a little bit higher of a high, especially in terms of last second. He doesn't make that. The game's over. We lose. Correct. That's the that's the other thing that that kind of gets
1: me is Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern, obviously, what Pat Fitzgerald has done up at Northwestern for the Wildcat program since he took over, obviously, he kind of turned it around, now they're kind of struggling. I mean, you see they got dismantled by Duke. This past weekend, and then you know, you look how they finished last yeah, The se- world famous football program of Duke, <laughs> Coach K ain't coaching Duke football and anyway. Uh, what he's done up there has been incredible. I mean, getting them into bowl games again, but the last two seasons, and I'm going to include, I, I feel like this year's going to go down that same route. You take you after that Illinois State loss, both teams, ISU couldn't find their way after after they beat Northwestern, and after Northwestern lost to ISU, they couldn't find their way either. That was a very, very underwhelming Northwestern team. Not to take away from the fact that they went in there, they beat a Big Ten opponent, and, and you get a win. Like you said, you just get the victory, but we're not talking about a great
0: caliber team. We're not talking about a high-powered... This is a team that finished the year with a winning record in the FBS, and they did go to a bowl game as well. They beat Pittsburgh in New York at the Pinstripe Bowl, which is not you know, which is I mean, it's not certainly the best bowl game, but it's not a bad bowl game by any stretch of the imagination. No, they started, they trended upward
1: towards the end of the season, and you know, you know me, I I wouldn't consider myself a Northwestern fan, but I follow along. I don't consider Northwestern. I don't think that it's an it's an underwhelming win to me when you look at the caliber of who Northwestern is and who Wichita State is. I uh, give me Wichita State. That's a
0: that's just a bigger a win. It's a bigger opponent, a better opponent. You know what we have to do, Mike. I think we might just have to run a poll on the Vedette Sports Twitter. Better, better win. I think that we might have to let our listeners decide. That might be the only way. I feel like we've reached an impasse here. We've we've, we've spoken for... We agree to disagree. (laughs) Sort of. We we sort of agree to disagree. (laughs) We agree that we disagree. I'm not sure we agree to disagree, but we agree that we both disagree with each other. Um, Let's quickly wrap this back to Illinois State football. The best win in the arguably the best win the last year. I would say it. Others might disagree. Now they're looking for a marquee win here on the road this year. Obviously it's not going to be the Northwestern one. This is going to be the marquee win of the year for the campus. At least we hope not. Unless something dramatic happens. But this is a game the Redbirds, you would say, really need to win. And this is an uneasy start to the year in terms of their scheduling. They have to go on the road next week into Missouri State, who's obviously struggled at times, but they did go play Missouri, pretty tough Missouri State for a while. So you know, while they're not necessarily as highly touted, that's not an easy game. And we all know what's coming up later on in the year for the Redbirds. This is a game they kind of have to have. Let's just take us through. What are your prediction for this one, Mike?
1: Yeah, I, like I've I've said it all along. I don't think the Red this Redbird team is going to get tested until October 14th when they travel to Southern Illinois. And even Southern Illinois had a rough year last year. But you don't I think, think about Northern Arizona. No. I I I think I think their first test is going to come October fourteenth against Southern Illinois, but this is a game like you said, Tom. They have to have because you look at that home stretch. You look at that final four games that they have: Western Illinois, South Dakota State, North Dakota State, and I'm missing one: Youngstown State. That that's Murderer's Row. They have to have this one. They're going to be ready. That's that's not the issue. They're going to be ready. I think Eastern is going to come out. With a little bit more spunk than they have the last two weeks. And I think they're going to give Illinois State a good first half. I think Illinois State's going to pull away in the second half. I'm going to go, I'm probably going to, I think it's a 28 20, I'm going to go 28 17
0: victory. So I'm going to stay within my 10 point game. And I think it'll be interesting. You mentioned you're, you're for sure confident they'll come out fresh and ready to go. I'll be interested to see. Sometimes you see bye week sluggishness to start games. We'll see if that's a factor for Illinois State. And Nate. I know you kind of gave your prediction once, but let's go back again one more time. What do you think in terms of Illinois State? And don't forget, you can also read both of these guys' predictions and the rest of the Vedette sports staff
2: tomorrow in the copy of The Bird coming out here on the Illinois State campus. Sure. So I have you know, similar thoughts to Mike in terms of I think it's going to be a close first half until ISU maybe pulls away in the second half. So that being said, I see a 24-13 victory Um I think the defense for ISU is just going to be, you know, as advertised once again. Um, so yeah, twenty-four thirteen. I think it's relatively comfortable win. And yeah, two and zero, and then move on. I think we might
0: see some more points. I think the Redbird offense has the ability to put up some more points. It'll be interesting to see, guys. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget. Bird comes out tomorrow. You guys can read all the predictions. What else do we have coming up in the sports section of tomorrow's paper? Well, we've got a story on Brandon Barry.
1: Uh, he's helping the Hurricane Harvey relief efforts. Uh, he has family members down there as well, right? His, his brother is a principal out in Houston, so they're helping that, which is obviously a great cause. You see the natural disasters that are happening, obviously, now with Irma Harvey before that, so you, that's just one of those feel-good stories. Nate, I know Nate's doing a story on the trio of running backs. If you want to elaborate on that real fast, by all means.
2: Yeah, trio, but not to disrespect the fourth guy, Jordan Birch. I also talked about him a little bit, too, so yeah, more like the four-headed monster in the backfield. I, I really... Kind of an in-depth piece. I kind of talk about uh, each of them. I talked to all of them at practice yesterday. It was very nice. Um, So, yeah, keep an eye out for that one.
0: Should be fun. And don't forget, coming up, I'll do a quick plug for WZND, the other student media here on campus, Redbird football coming up, and myself, Will Farlow, Andy Olson on the call from Charleston, Illinois. We're told we'll be on top of the press box. That'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully, it's not too cold in Charleston.
1: Uh it's gonna be 87 degrees. Have fun roasting. Oh,
0: it's gonna be 87. Uh, bring the sunscreen. All right. Bring the sunscreen. You better bring your bathing suit, bring
1: a little tank top. You're throwing, you're throwing, you're throwing the, the nice Sunday's best clothes right out the window because if not, you're gonna roast on top because it's 87 degrees on top of a press box.
0: Uh, uh. My heart just sank when you said it was 87 degrees. I'm not looking <laughs> better, better be to hydrated. That. Better be a little hydrated. It'll be a fun <laughs> yeah. game to say the least. That'll come up. 2 p.m. kickoff will be on the air at one fifty over on um, 103.3 WZND and online on at WZND.com if you want to tune in here. That will do it for this edition of the Redbird Report. We'll have that poll going up on Twitter very shortly. Please tweet it, especially if you listen to these arguments. It's one thing just to tweet based blindly, but if you listen to these arguments you might have a more informed decision, please vote for the Northwestern win. It's the only real choice. It's the best choice. That will do it for this edition. Boo. Of the Redbird Report. Signing off from the Vedette offices. For Nate Hett and Mike Marr, I'm Tom Prizman. saying thank you so much for listening.